Good morning, and welcome to Tech Talk on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Aryeh Lightstone. You can listen to us on jmintheem.org or nachumsiegel.com. As always, we are proud to be sponsored by our friends at Adorama Camera, more than just a camera store. Please check them out online at adorama.com or visit them in person at 42 West 18th Street. Uh, today is a day of, of conflicting emotions, as uh, as people know who've been listening to our show Tech Talk here for the last six plus months now already, which which in and of itself is is quite a momentous occasion. A, a special thank you to the Nachum Siegel Network and all the people who who make and enable this show to happen. In addition to obviously our good friends at Adorama Camera, um, today is Yom Hazikaron. and if you're listening to us live in in Israel, you're you're close to the bridge or the the transition over into Yom Ma'ut, uh, which the juxtaposition is, is, is certainly challenging and interesting and is probably unlike anything that's experienced, uh, in other countries around the world, uh, even within the parameters of, of traditional Jewish thought or historical Jewish thought, you don't really have such a juxtaposition of, uh, of those two emotions necessarily leading Towards each other, and uh, and here on our show, and not not to uh, glorify the show in 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 any other way, other than the fact that we do try uh, week in week out to uh, to pay special attention uh, to what's going on in Israel, and and focus so much on the positive, focus so much on the outstanding uh, contributions that have come out of of the country, and and the con- those contributions are even more uh, astounding and outstanding. Uh, when looked at in the prism of, of Yom HaZikron, when looked at in the prism of the f- sacrifices that have needed to have been made uh, in order for regular life to happen, all the more so uh, when extraordinary life is able to occur. So so throughout the show, uh, there will be some form of an echo of the, serious, of the seriousness of the day, um, but also I think as, as an appropriate uh, tribute, Zikaron, um, is to recognize and to appreciate all of the outstanding uh, things that have been able to occur uh, in the country of Israel, but also outside of the country of Israel. And before I introduce our next guest, uh, which I will very shortly, um, you know, just just as a comment, if you speak to, and I, I know that our listeners trend a little bit younger on occasion, but if you speak to uh, Speak to people. I speak to my father, who certainly is, if he's listening right now, certainly trends younger as well. Uh, but having grown up in England um, and been part of seeing Israel uh, separate from uh, or declare independence from the British mandate, etc., whatever the appropriate legal terms would be, certainly the state of Israel was not well thought upon in England for uh, for so long. Um, and now. Um, since the 67 war, since the Six Day War, there's a renewed sense of pride, of, of, uh, uh, of esteem that Jews, not only in Israel, but, but throughout the world, um, held themselves in. Um, and that, I think, is something that also we need to appreciate. It's not just the borders of Israel and those living and dwelling and succeeding within those borders who have uh, appreciation for Yom HaZikaron, but it's us everywhere. Um, and for what it's done to, to Jews across the world uh, in such a meaningful fashion. So, okay, this is certainly not the traditional start uh, to this show, but I think it's important today to be able to frame everything that we can uh, within this context, and, and, and that's what we're going to try to do. So uh, to welcome on as our guest this morning to our show, it's our first repeat guest, and, and I've actually been uh, chomping at the bit to have him back on because – uh, with many of our guests, things change at the speed of light. I, I don't know what's faster than the speed of light. Uh, but whatever that is, things seem to change and, and adjust and to pivot and whatever other uh, colloquialisms you want to use. For uh, for our dear friend Aaron Schoenfeld, we had him on maybe two and a half months ago, and, and we're excited to welcome him back this morning. Good morning, Aaron. How are you? Good. Good morning. Thanks for having me. 
it's uh to to me you're really a Yom Ha'atzmaut guest in my mind. I I, I haven't interacted with people with much more of a positive attitude, uh, enthusiasm, and 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 I think I used the description before that prior to LinkedIn there was Aaron Schoenfeld. And, uh, and I think there's a reason why people enjoy connecting with you is because of the positivity. And, uh, and so today we're having you on on a slightly more somber day, uh, but we're going to be able to leverage the second part of the show where we'll consider as though we're in Israel preparing to transition into, uh, into Yom Atzmut. So that way we can take full advantage of, of your, uh, really just, uh, uh, exciting attitude. Well, I mean, even on that point, I mean, you know, sort of a quick quick lesson to people is really, you know, I know Memorial Day in America, as you sort of alluded to, you know, the day of barbecues and it doesn't really at home. But, you know, for people in general, I think, you know, for Israel as a country, you know, a day like today, sort of knowing your history and where you came from and how it got there is super important. Because if you don't understand that, you can't really understand tomorrow and, you know, sort of the celebration of it and even where you're going. And, you know, Israel, obviously, in a short time has gone from, you know, fighting wars to, you know, now we're doing tech talk and talking about a lot of uh, technology in Israel. It's sort of, you know, both these days, really, I look at it as, you know, one big thing where, you know, understanding where you came from, but, you know, it makes it even greater to see where the, where it's going. Right. You, you can't have a Yom Atzmut without a Yom Azikaron. Um, that, that they they go part and parcel, and I think that was that was phrased very nicely. And so we'll we'll, we'll run the the rest of the show in the spirit of that. That uh, that uh, you know uh, uh, lessons and sacrifice and appreciation and deep gratitude enables us to be where we are today. Uh, and most of this show is really celebratory. It's uh, we that, that again to, to nobody should think that I'm that these are apples and oranges by a tremendous amount. Um, uh, but uh, people should uh, understand that, that certainly not all things with technology and with entrepreneurship is 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 rosy. Uh, there are challenges, um, and uh, and it's how you overcome those challenges and how you learn from those challenges and how you address those challenges really uh, enables people to uh, to pivot into what's it called into uh, into success. Uh, please God. So, okay. So that's, uh, uh, we're not the Israel show. There, there is a phenomenal Israel show here on the Nahum Single Network. So I don't want to in any way, shape, or form pretend that I'm a, an expert or even well versed in any of those things. So let's, let, let's move ourselves to the, to the topics that we're a little bit more, uh, more comfortable with. So Aaron, welcome. What, what have you been doing the last two and a half months? What's happening? Um, picking up from where we left off last time, you know, just, uh, really focusing on, you know, uh, Working on the projects that I was, you know, that I currently was working on and, um, you know, do it in person, which is an online event website, Tons Entertainment, which is a, uh, unique event experience company in the music and, well, art space as well, um, and launch house co-working spaces and accelerators and, you know, just been sort of working with my team, putting all those things together into one big basket, um, and, and trying to figure out ways to sort of Consolidate the management and help the companies grow and move forward a lot faster. So that that's interesting. You look, Aaron, uh, for for the audience who who didn't have a chance to listen to him, I suggest you pull up the podcast and and check out what what Aaron's done. But just as a brief uh, brief brief summary, so uh, so do it in person is a uh, really interesting. Uh, I would call it a uh, event organization tool. Is that a fair description, Aaron? Okay, that uh, that uh, organizations for profit, not for profit, uh, formal, informal, uh, can use. If you're planning a bar about mitzvah, a wedding, um, a office get together, certainly a conference, a convention, um, you should check it out. Do it in person. dot com. Correct, Aaron. You got it. There you go. Do it in person. dot com and, and see that as a tool. And I'll, I'll tell you, I've been to a couple of not for profit get togethers uh, recently. And there is a different caliber with two of the events that were coordinated using the tool of do it in person um, that you felt. And, and just, to, just to be clear, it wasn't the caliber of the event, but there's a difference in an event when the people who run it have the ability to greet you confidently and with a smile and with, you know, they went to sleep the night before and actually were able to sleep because that things were, that they knew things were under control, if you will, <clears throat> versus uh, you know, putting things together sort of how I do on the back of like four stickies on a yellow pad and, and whatever else it would be. And, and, and 
when you're coordinating that event, you're able to put it together because you have talent or you've done it before and you're relying on experience, but it's not that flow, that professionalism is only there because you're reliant on the person. If you can supplement that person with an, a, a really creative tool to make them more effective, not only will the event run as well, if not better, but you're going to get more out of your people. Um, and that goes doubly for if it's your simcha, if it's your special occasion, or if it's your uh, event that you want to participate in and not not just try to keep plugging holes, uh, go to doitinperson.com. I would strongly recommend uh, that as a resource and a tool for so many uh, in our community. Um, Launch House, which uh, I don't know why I'm talking about your things there, and other than the fact that I'm passionate about them, uh, explain just uh, give a, a, a minute summary on on Launch House, and and uh, I know that we spoke recently about some uh, some additional places that this could be launching. Go ahead. Yeah, LaunchHouse is a co-working space um, slash business accelerator incubator in Shaker Heights, Ohio, that really revitalized the, econo- the economic community there through entrepreneurship. Um, I advise everyone, there's, there's a lot of news I can't share with you yet, but over the next two weeks, uh, we'll be coming out. So I advise people to follow LaunchHouse. It's launchhouse.com. Um, aside from potential expansion, there's some really, really unique and interesting opportunities coming out of there um, in the very short term, which will really put it on the map. And uh, it's it's very exciting. I, I, I'm I'm sure I'll be back on the show just to talk about those specific things with um, some of the partners in there at some time. Yeah, it, it it really will be game changer for for their uh, for what they're doing there. Yeah, and and, and I'll tell you, we had the privilege. Uh, I feel like the the tech talk uh, show sort of is is taking some interesting directions I wasn't anticipating. Sometimes we uh, we we merge a little bit into the world of spin class with Michael Fragan because uh, yeah, I'm a big admirer of of his grasp of politics and 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 sort of how things play into different things. So I, I've become much more of a um, observer of these midterm elections that are coming up, and I've had the privilege of listening to both on the radio and and in person with a couple of um, candidates who have pointed to Launch House specifically and other programs like it as ways to revitalize their cities, revitalize their neighborhoods to add economic stimulus. I don't know if uh, for people who saw the the job numbers that came out, uh, I want to say Friday, Thursday, Aaron, do you know when those numbers came out? Friday. Friday. And the the, while the numbers were, I don't want to say positive, the, 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 the numbers that reflected of the people who dropped out of looking for work, uh, was very significant. And, uh, and member of Congress after member of Congress have pointed to opportunities like Launch House to be able to give people who are either have trended out of, um, the job that they had been in for decades, but for skills or whatever else it would be, or or have graduated and 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 there's just a surplus of talented young graduates who who are are struggling to find that right job, a place like Launch House can really make all the difference uh, in the world. Even Denver, I was just in Denver this past week, Aaron, and I know you and I have spoken about that regarding the startup community and. Sometimes cities participate uh, or cooperate more than other cities, but but there are parts of Denver that have been revitalized with this co-working type of space um, because – and you could speak to this more intelligently than I can certainly, but, but it's not the space itself. The space is an anchor. It's the things that come off of that space. It's the other uh, stores or companies or whatever it is that develop in that space that naturally are attracted to that location and how they then perform in that area. It's really a ripple effect. Is is that a fair way to describe it, Aaron? Yeah, 100%. It's putting a bunch of like-minded people in a room, you know, that ultimately all of them are looking to create something and you just never know what's going to come out of it. Um, you know, especially in a place when you're putting it in a geographic specific location as opposed to, you know, everyone being part of an online community, you really have people that understand an area. So, you know, Cleveland is more of a brick and mortar place versus, you know, New York maybe more tech or San Francisco is more tech. So when you have people that are thinking about, you know, trying to start businesses or have ideas like that, people not only can they, you know, come up with ideas and create companies, but a lot of people have specific expertise from the jobs that they used to work at that they may have been laid off from. They become they end up becoming consultants or just 
tagging up other companies, and it, it really just helps to you know, get people moving, get people's brains you know, churning, and you just never know what's going to come out of it. And out of all the things that happened in that case, I mean, if if, if you found – and I read – I don't remember where I read it this week. And I think it was one of the Jewish periodicals, uh, an article about uh, job hunters. Uh, I think it was in response to the people who have dropped out of the market, sort of giving chizuk, giving encouragement. Because uh, it is – it is it can be. It, it is and it can be depressing to uh, go from interview to interview and, and, and either know that you don't have a chance or you've got a very slim chance and to be in a room – uh, an organization, a group filled with that positive spirit, filled with uh, personalities and mentors like an Aaron Schoenfeld, uh, I think even changes the, the, the dare I use a, 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 a term like Ruchnius, changes the, 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 the inner workings of a person. And, and you know, if, if somebody feels successful, they're more likely to be successful. I don't know. Maybe I'm waxing poetic because of the, uh, the emotions of the day. But, I, you know, I, I think that there is more to what's going on here than just some pretty creative ideas being put together. I think that I think there's more. It's a fabric of the community, which is pretty exciting. I agree 100%. Um, okay, so that's going on with that, and you're going to have to update us when when you can uh, in terms of that. So so tell us, because I, I really wanted to spend a lot of this morning, if possible, talking about how you go from idea, 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 and then consolidate them into a form of management. But before we do that, I wanted you to, to sort of bring us up to uh, date on tots. And before I do that, I wanted to remind our listeners that uh, they're listening to Tech Talk on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Arye Lightston. We have an outstanding uh, guest that I'm excited to have on again, Aaron Schoenfeld, of uh, numerous different things we've spoken about, Launch House and uh, and um, and uh, do it in person.com. You're listening to us on jmtheam.org or nachumsiegel.com. If you haven't don't downloaded the Nachum Siegel app, I strongly encourage you to go out and do that uh, today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Do it today. As always, we are proud to be sponsored by our friends at Adorama Camera. More than just a camera store, please check them out online at Adorama.com or visit them in person at 42 West 18th Street. If you are a Mother's Day type of celebrant, uh, it's a great place to get some pretty cool Mother's Day gifts. So uh, check them out, and, you know, that's right around the corner. Um, so, Aaron, tell us about Taunts. So um, this actually came out of an event we did at Launch House in Cleveland. We did an Entrepreneur Week um, event there. It's called Forward City, um, runs entrepreneur events around the country, and we did an event there. And one of the unique things that we tried to do, we figured if we're going to do an after party to celebrate the whole week, let's bring in a you know a big name entertainer that could potentially you know play at the party, but in addition, someone that's versed in the world of entrepreneurship and technology. Um, we found a composer slash DJ slash musician. Um, his name is BT, and he's classically trained, and he really wants to be known more as an entrepreneur and a technologist um, as opposed to just being a musician. He actually partnered with a tech company, and anytime he can't do something with his technology when he's manipulating music, his tech company will go and create it, and then they'll sell it out and license it. So he really is an entrepreneur and a tech guy. Um, we had him come and he keynoted at, uh, I forgot the name of the place there. It's a very famous um, location the past presidents have spoken at. And he gave a, te- a talk on technology and how he does this stuff. And he had like 350 people in the room sitting there like their eyes in amazement that this guy's up there sort of, you know, music geek talk. And everyone just loved it. And then he played at this club after. And what we realized um, was that a lot of these people, you know, you see a musician, you know, for purposes of the show, you know, an opera home, you know, Avon Spreed or Mordechai and David. You see them, you know that they put on a great concert, they have great CDs and shows, but what do you really know about them besides that? There's a story about how they got there. There's, a, there's probably other stuff that they do as well. And what we realized is there's a lot of musicians and, you know, DJs specifically that are really musicians, but they're only known as a DJ, that people don't understand their story or know anything about them. So in this light, we decided to create this company called Tons Entertainment. I actually uh, came in, I'm the last one in this, so uh, Sam Krzyzewski, um and John Leonardo really you know, came up with this idea. Um, and, and the whole purpose is to take these DJs or musicians or artists like Alex Monopoly, who's a graffiti artist, and create experiences and events around them that allow us to sort of showcase them outside the spotlight of what they do 
for, you know, as a business that everyone knows and help, you know, create their story and talk about their story for them. Um, one of the first things, we're just getting started. We have a couple big things in the work, but just the per- the real example of this is this same guy, BT, we got him an opportunity to speak at a TEDx conference. It's going to be in New York, TEDx Fulton Street. I believe it's going to be June 10th. But he wants to speak about technology, and this is the first step in him getting out there and people not knowing him just for his music. They'll understand him as an entrepreneur and a technologist. So, so we it's, it's, it's really it's, – oh, sorry about that. No, no, I, I was the one cutting you off. Anyways, I apologize. But explain to me for one second before you go further into that. If you have DJs who want to be known as musicians or you've got uh, musicians where it's important to understand their story, specifically in the case of BT, I get it because there's a economic opportunity for him as an entrepreneur that is different than him as a musician. But can, can you speak to why it's important to understand backgrounds, why it's important to have a story, why it's important as a DJ to be considered a musician? Because I – to, to me, those it, it sounds nice. I just don't necessarily get like what what the added value is there. Well, nowadays, I mean, you go, you hear, you know, you go to Israel, you hear the techno music everywhere. There's, you know, it, it's huge in Europe, and it's a big thing. Um, and again, they're known for, you know, they produce these albums, they play at clubs. There's a limited lifespan on that musician playing at clubs. Other than the top, let's say, five to ten DJs that get up there and play with, they're getting paid to come to Vegas, tw- you know, twice a month. A mm-hmm. lot of these other people are DJs and they're known for a certain album that they've done, but that's it. That's their career. They're, they're defined by that. And to many people, many people think DJs get up there and just turn a couple things or, you know, now you just plug in your Apple, you know, your Mac and sort of the playlist goes. These people want to create a story for themselves. They're like any other performer. You know, Michael Jordan is a great basketball player, but he also wanted to try baseball, and now he owns a team, and he did everything with Nike. And, you know, I, I think that a lot of these people don't want to be locked into a box, but they are because of their profession. There's really no way out. Everyone always says, well, you're a great DJ, so I'm going to hire you as a DJ. What most people don't know about a guy like BT is that he also has composed film music. And he's agent sells it, but people don't know that about him. Um, people, you know, people just want to be seen. They want to create their own, I guess, destiny, and they want to, you know, create that favorable image of themselves. Where it also, you know, potentially gives them more opportunity to monetize their brand in the short term and the long run. Aha. Okay, so it gives them... It, it, it broadens their appeal, it broadens their brand, and it does enable them to, to transition potentially to other things. If they're an expert or, or extremely skilled uh, in this direction, they have an opportunity then to be able to take it out. So I, I appreciate that. That to me was important because I am one of those guys who feels that, uh, A, I don't have a lot of experience with DJs, but B, you know, I'm, I'm curious like if they're not pressing play on, on, on just a Mac, but, uh, but there is a lot more to that and they're, for the for the people who are big fans of that, I'm sure that there's a deep appreciation. Okay, so so back back to where you were beforehand in terms of uh, BT and TEDx and Fulton Street. And should that be something our audience should be aware of? Is there a way to attend a TEDx conference if it's here in New York? Yes, you have to apply to it, but the website is TEDxFultonStreet.com. Um, if anyone has questions, it will give them my email. You can email me at Aaron at AaronShelter.com. Um, I know the organizer as well. It should be a really, really great conference. I know that the, the speakers are going to be absolutely phenomenal. So if you're interested in any of the stuff TED stands for, you know, technology, design, this one will have a focus on music as well. You know, reach out. I urge you to apply. It's going to be a, a really incredible day. All right, so that should be very exciting. I, it's, uh, you know, I, I've watched numerous different uh, uh, TED talks and TEDx talks I haven't had the chance to to attend and I think uh, I'm going to put that on the list also Aaron just just tell the audience you spell it A A R O N or just one A one A A R O N and the at Aaron Schoenfeld S-C-H-O-E-N-F-E-L-D dot com okay and so what's the future of Tants what's uh where, where do you where do you see this going I'll be able to tell you in about two weeks <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> going to LA tomorrow to hopefully uh, lock in the first thing. But we we there's a couple things. You know, everyone thinks of DJs and electronic music as sort of just DJs in a club. We're really trying to transform that and do um, create some unique experiences around it that don't exist currently. I know even Disney's trying to get into it. Disney just released an electronic music album called Disney Deconstructed, where they took a lot of the classics like Lion King songs from uh, Frozen, and they had it, you know, made electronically. So um, we're trying to capitalize on that and really just, again, it's about the unique experience. What what we're looking to do is something that's never been done before and uh, can really potentially reshape the industry. That's interesting. And uh, and is most of the music industry still being played out of L.A. or because sort of the DJ world, is that happening more maybe in the, in the, the New York-Vegas uh, type of uh, location? Well, the big, the big festivals are in, um, are in California. They're in um, Miami is the big one, actually, for it. They have two big music festivals. So, you know, look, music, music is going everywhere now. I mean, it's never been easier to pop music on, any, on your computer. But um, I guess you have to be in one of those main cities. But uh, at the end of the day, people are composing from their computers sitting in a room. It could be their hotel room. It could be a beach. So it's really uh, technology is an incredible thing. It makes everything accessible anywhere. Okay, so so I mean, it's just it's just awesome. Meaning it's it's and one of the things that if if the audience doesn't remember having listened back again a couple months ago when we had Aaron on the first time, his his first experience in entrepreneurship. You're formally trained as a as an accountant, uh, Aaron's yeah. first experience in entrepreneurship uh, emanated from, I believe, a fellow dressed as a nun in an Irish bar playing darts. Was that fair? You, you got it. Yeah, okay. Some some stories stick in your mind. And uh, uh, that fellow happened to have been a musician formerly trained from Juilliard, uh, which Aaron and I both had, at that point in time had the same knowledge of, um, but uh, apparently is, is you know certainly a top uh, 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 institution for uh, for music. And, uh, and Aaron and his partner went on to, uh, create and, and still continue to create, um, songs and music for shows and uh, lots of commercial uses. Um, and, and many of our, much of our audience is probably familiar with, uh, two, three or four of them that are out there. And that was a, a business until we had Aaron on the show. I didn't even know it was a business. So it's, uh, you know, and, and we had a chance for, for the people who want to be educated. I don't want to take up time, uh, on this show for that, but for the people who haven't. So come check us out on R.E. Lightstone's Tech Talk, uh, archives on the Nachum Siegel Network and you'll have a chance to, uh, to, to hear what to me was <laughs> just awesome. You know what I'm saying? Just, just an interesting industry, things that you don't think about. And for the last two and a half, three months, I've been paying careful attention to driving in the car. What, 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 uh, um, jingle or what, uh, additional uh, music might there be before you know a movie starts or whatever else it would be, and I'm uh, you know thinking thinking of Aaron and, and hoping it's his. Um, how, how is that business? Is that is that something that that's constantly in the the world of maintenance and creation, or is that something that you can sort of just allow the your musical partner to sort of take the the reins and run with? Oh, I mean, it sort of is on autopilot, but you know we're always looking for new opportunities, new networks to work with, new commercials. Um, yeah, it, it's, yeah, the music has a certain beauty to it. It really, you know, they do a class in film schools where if you take, they put a movie on and they just put it on mute and then they'll change the music from happy music to sad music to mystery music. So you'll be able to see how the movie is completely different. The same clip could be a comedy or a horror depending on the music. So it's such a vital piece of everything we do, whether we know it or not. Um, you know, so, we love it, and, and there's always a need for it, so we're always looking to grow that business. But, you know, at, at the same time, it's really it's self-sustaining at this point. You know, you work with people, they like your music. You know, thank God they keep coming back. Okay, and for anybody, just uh, I have no idea whether our audience but, uh, uh, has anybody in it for whom this would be relevant for, but how do they contact you for that? Or is that also Aaron at AaronSchoenfeld.com? Yeah, that's fine. You can use that email for everything. It makes life much easier. Okay, you can you can 
track Aaron down if you're if you're doing a show you've got a commercial you're you're otherwise in the in the need for uh for uh, music as part of your commercial enterprises uh, Aaron is the person to speak to I, I will tell you I, I saw a very interesting study um, in terms of trying to evaluate different education technology um, uh, videos and uh, one of the prime in ELA in the Eng- English and language arts division. One of the primary um, differentiators uh, in terms of uh, uh, discovering or, or evaluating quality, and they, they link quality to being able to capture and captivate the student's attention uh, for longer than you know the average 45-second attention span that any of us have, uh, and music was one of the primary drivers. So I don't know if you've had a chance to look in that space with the education technology component, but but with that study, and I'll find it and send it out to you, I'll probably tweet it out later if you're following me on Twitter, at Lightstone A, I'll tweet out that link when I find it. Um, that, to me, is probably a pretty interesting niche because if they can really demonstrate that that type of music uh, is able to capture a student's attention, that is the entire value add uh, for these ed tech companies. Well, that, that is definitely something we're looking into. I was actually at a conference last week um, where they were talking about music as just a means for getting people to pay attention, listen and relax, and talking about the different rhythms of the music. And they were saying how you know kids every, nowadays you know, are very ADD or hyperactive, and they said if you watch Disney shows and you watch these other shows, they're using much faster music, and it's sort of riling the kids up. So, um, you know, people listen to country music and have a glass of wine to settle down at the end of the day. So there's really direct correlation between the type of music being played and people's ability to just sit, relax, and, you know, take in information. Yeah, I, I guess two more comments, and then I want to get to the concept of, of, of management and how you're consolidating that. But, you know, certainly if you're listening to the radio in Israel today, the music that you're hearing is of a very different mood uh, then the music that you'll be hearing in just a couple hours when Please God will transition into Yom um with, with great jubilation and celebration, uh, away from the somber, uh, introspective day that is Yom Hazikaron, which is obviously today. Um, and then the second po- point that you, that you made there with the ADD component is that, uh, you know, having run NCSY for many different years, um, Havdalah, which which was always accompanied by a live band and Shalashudas Ebbing, as we colloquially called it, um, were two of the events that didn't require uh, any um, mentorship to get kids to participate or to sit there. And there was something about the music, there was something about the singing, there was something about the band that set a mood better than than anybody else really could. And uh, I think that's interesting. I never thought about that as a correlation to uh, uh, to education. Uh, so, uh, you know, having seen the link, um, we're going to have to what's it called? Uh, we'll uh, have to look at that. I think that's uh, that's pretty interesting. Maybe, maybe actually, with- I'll just cut in on that for a second. I'll give you a plug, a plug from Shark Tank, actually. There was a teacher that put all the Shakespeare books into a into some sort of music, and his class was able to learn it significantly better. Uh, he, he started it. Uh, business out of it. I'm not sure if he ended up cutting a deal with the sharks, but he was on last week. Ha! Interesting. Okay, all these things. It's 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 to to me one of the hardest things to do is when you have a good idea, a to find time to sort of implement the idea, which is I want to get to with you in a moment. And the second thing is if you found time to implement the idea, how do you make sure that you're up to date with the with uh, the latest and greatest, so you're not replicating or trying to to recreate uh, the wheel? But I do want to remind. Speaking of of replicating and recreating the wheel. I want to remind everybody out there that you're listening to Tech Talk on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Arya Lightstone. You can listen to us on jmdm.org or nachumsiegel.com. As always, we are proud to be sponsored by our friends at Adorama Camera. More than just a camera store, please check them out online at adorama.com or visit them in person at 42 West 18th Street. We have on with us this morning Aaron Schoenfeld, uh, an entrepreneur with many different hats, uh, one email address, which is, I guess, more convenient than the amount of hats that he wears. And, uh, and what I wanted to focus on with the time that we have left with, with you, Aaron, is, uh, I, I don't want to say transitioning, because maybe that's too strong of a word, but being able to continue to innovate and create 
but to also at the same time to consolidate and to organize. And I'm using sort of all those adjectives because you and I have had numerous offline conversations. Can you sort of take those and run with that and just sort of paint? Uh, and you, you don't need to be specific towards your companies if you don't want to, but that it's it's almost a maturation process of a entrepreneur. Sort of walk our audience what you know sort of that is like. Sure. Um, I think one of the big things is, and I don't remember if I said it last time or not as one of the life lessons at the end of the show, but it was, you know, you really have to know what you're good at and know what you know and know what you don't know. Um, everyone has great ideas. Um, very few people actually go and try and build their ideas. You know, you have an idea, you want to build the next technology, the next Facebook, you get started, you have an idea. Okay, very, you know, that next step of actually building it is very crucial. But it takes a lot of time to build a website. It takes time to build a business. It's a lot of hard work. And a lot of people burn out after a year, whether they're doing it as a side job or not. You know, they lose focus. Some people are great at ideas. Some people are more operational in nature, and they like to organize. They like to be the back end of a company. And when you're starting, it's really hard to do everything. But you tend to sort of figure out what you like and don't like. Um, you know, as you're going through that process, Unfortunately, most people and some at some point usually end up dropping off if they're not fully committed to it. But the key there really is just, you know, you're building and you're keeping everything organized and you get to a certain point where, you know, you have a company. So many people say, hey, I'm an idea person, like, that's it. And other people say, okay, now we got to the organized, but I'm not a salesperson. And they sort of get stuck in there. And there's a lot of different components to being an entrepreneur and building a company, you know, that's often when people raise money to bring in a team. Um, sort of, and I'll shift it into sort of what I do as an example. I like ideas. I like building companies in the very beginning. I like sitting there at the first year when you're brainstorming what's going to work, what's not going to work, um, who we have to partner with, making connections and things like that. That's my strength. What I've realized is I'm very good at that, and I can take an idea and help it get to a certain point. But when you get to the point where you need someone to sit at a desk and really just keep books and records, that's not that's not what I do. And that's sort of why, at least in my case, every company that I work on, I've brought in a partner that sort of complements me in that respect, where I can get the business up and running, but there's someone else to actually run the business once it's running. And may to may, me, I, may I poke the irony at that for one moment? Go for it. <laughs> First of all, I think that's an incredibly important lesson. But if I were a, you know, uh, funky creative startup type and I was looking for the partner who was going to bring professionalism and, if you will, the, the suit to what we were doing, if I were to look at your original resume with your experience as a, as an accountant, you would have been the first phone call I would have made for that. Yes, most likely. But, uh, some, but somewhere along the line, my head hit a wall and, and now I think that the other side of the bird. But but there is an incredibly important lesson to that, I think, for everybody that's out there. I think there are a lot of people listening who are out there who, who are doing whatever they're doing because that's what they did. And frankly, they're probably good at it. My guess is you were a very good accountant. Uh, but because you're very good at something doesn't mean that you're not excellent at something else. A hundred percent. And I think also people tend, tend to say, hey, I'm corporate. I can't be an, entre- an entrepreneur. But very often, if you actually look at what you're doing within a company, they call them intrapreneurs. They're basically entrepreneurs within a big company. They're creating new lines of business and new ideas and new strategies. You know, very often, you know, I'll use an accountant just because of my, you know, my specific example. You know, I'm an accountant and I'm sitting there auditing people or doing their tax returns and you're looking at everything historically for that company. Most accountants are actually doing planning for that company as well, saying, hey, this is what you can do next year you know, to minimize your taxes. Or this line of business seems to have been working. Did you realize that this may be a way to grow it? So a lot of people have those ideas and sort of are, are thinking like an entrepreneur. They just don't even realize it. I think many people are just, you know, afraid to take that jump or their aspirations. You know, every Jewish mother always wants their kids to be, you know, a lawyer, a doctor, a, a CPA, or run a company. You know, that's sort of, you've got your mind on this, you know, angle when you start, you're not allowing yourself to think differently. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. So that, that, I think that's an important component also. Look, I, I think that there is, 
you know, I, I don't know whether it's we're busy uh, or there's always sort of that next crisis around the the um, corner that that either we're anticipating or we're in the middle of of trying to deal with. I mean, look, I'm I'm sitting here at my desk enjoying our conversation, wishing that we can do it for two and a half more hours, and I've got a to do list. Uh, 27 things long in four different categories, and, and and none of them say think about tomorrow. Those are all things that needed to be done yesterday. So I I, I don't know. Uh, again, I think that that that's an important component. What you're talking about right there, and 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 I think that it, for some of us it's not the want to. For some of us it's it's maybe where you put that on your to do list. I can't add a 28th thing on my to do list, but if I put it at the bottom, I know it's not getting done. Yeah. It's, it's- it's hard to do. I mean, it's just, you sort of keep that running list and you just hope you get to everything or you hope you get to the right things. Right. You got to get to the right things. That's a, that's an important part. And that, I think, is the perfect transition for you to tell us about sort of in terms of how you are, how are you making sure you get to the right things? You just told us about, uh, you know, uh, uh, 11 balls that you've got up in the air and how you're juggling them. But you started off the show with how you're packaging them. Uh, which is very different than juggling them, and 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 walk our audience through, if you don't mind, what the difference is in between juggling these ideas, sort of pushing them forward versus packaging them. Uh, yeah, great, please. Yeah. Well, basically, you know, I, I when you're an entrepreneur in the beginning and you start meeting people, everyone has sort of the same syndrome, which is they say I do or I will or I can to everyone. Um, one of the things that I learned very quickly is you can't. You know, you're talking about your list of 28 things. If I call you up and start asking you, hey, can you get me in touch with this person or that person? Again, it's adding to your list. And whether you can or can't, it doesn't matter. It's uh, Too many entrepreneurs just want to say yes to everything. What I've learned, at least in starting all these companies and bringing in people to help me run all these companies, is that if all these ideas are focused around a common goal, or a common industry, there's a lot of overlap in ways to help each other. Um, so, for instance, you've got Tom's Entertainment, which is in the music space. You've got my music company, Dream Artists, uh, are there. And so they're both in the music space. Obviously, the goal of them is to make money, and they're different. You know, one's composing music for commercials, and one's more, let's just say, electronic music. But there is overlap. And the fact that I work with Dream Artists allows me to open doors on the, for Tom's and vice versa. So when I'm sort of looking at these in a bucket, I said, okay, by putting all these together, instead of trying to sell company by company on a daily basis, for instance, if I came on this radio show 12 weeks each time with a different company, they're all isolated, you know, incidents, and everyone hears, you know, that one show and everything about that company. But by putting them all into one sort of basket, it allows me to sort of look at everything with, with a bigger picture and say, hey, wait, these two can work together or these two have similar, we're, we're trying to sell to the same person and it cuts down that pipeline and hopefully makes that list of, instead of having 14 things on one list, 14 on another, you're now down to maybe 18 total. And, you know, th- that really allows you to sort of look at everything from a high level, from an operational level, look down and sort of see everything in one basket. The other, the other great thing about it, and this is sort of where I'm going with mine, is they're looking at the successful, successful venture capital funds and what they've done. And what, what it seems like a lot of startups were missing is having expertise on the back end with operational things, whether it's a CPA, general counsel, technology, um, even you know just a marketing person. You know, everyone's sort of out there on their own and hustling and trying, but they don't really know what they're doing. And SF Ventures, which is one of the most successful VC funds in the last couple of years with their uh, percentage of return, they've brought all these services in-house. So when they invest in you or your portfolio, you have access to these resources, which are helping scale the company quick, uh, more quickly. So sort of when I looked at this and I said, okay, how can I help my companies you know, in the most beneficial way and, and quickly, I looked back and said, well, if all my teams worked together and we had a core group of partners that were experts in different industries, we can apply the same methodologies to every company and help them all scale faster. 
obviously not all startups work. You know, I, I think the statistics are, you know, one out of ten or two out of ten really hit. But, you know, this is sort of our way to put them all together, focus on them as a group, and identify those opportunities and same methodologies that can work across the board and apply them and really help those companies grow exponentially faster. And what do you say to the potential naysayers out there who say, look, if you focus on five things, that's not actually called focus. Um, why don't you pick uh, whichever one it is and that, that has a chance for either uh, the greatest chance for success or the greatest chance for explosive success or whatever metric you're using? Well, why don't you do that? And that's called focus. What, how do you respond to that segment of the audience or that part of the business world that uh, that wants to – uh, there's always a naysayer out there. That's yeah. what people do. Oh, for sure. I mean, it, oh, look, I've, I've had to be the naysayer to myself when I'm looking at this and sort of say, does this make sense? But I think one of the other things that's really important is understand what you're trying to build. Dream Artist, which is my music production company, is not made to be a company that's going to be the next Facebook for music. It's not going to be, it's not something that you're looking at an, an exit for. You're not looking to necessarily sell it. It's a great business. It's a profitable business, and it's a very successful business. But, you know, you look at it that way and say, okay, this can only take me to point X. If you really understand your companies and see where they go and trust the management in those companies as well, you know, you're, you still are focusing. You're just changing your focus. My focus in, in the case of all these companies is I've got people running them. They need to make the right connections. I focus on making those connections. So if people want to say you have to focus on a specific company, I, I think you have to focus on a specific task. And you know, just like a marketing person only does marketing and they work with many clients or a, you know, a developer works on many different projects, but he focuses on development, I think it's less important to focus on company as long as you have other people running it, obviously, or in there that can help you run it and focus more on the tasks that you're very good at so you can, you know, you sort of cross the stuff on your list that you're not good at, you know, off of that. I don't know, your list of 28 things, you know, if you can pass on 10 of them to people that are better suited to deal with them, you'll have more time to focus on the rest of them. And you'll have, <clears throat> excuse me, more chance to be successful with those specific things. I wanted to remind our audience that uh, they're listening to Tech Talk here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Uh, I am your host, Arya Lightstone. We have our uh, first repeat guest, uh, which hearing the update, hearing the quote unquote bookend, and we're, we're so far from a bookend, uh, uh of a, you know, two and a half months or three months in, in the life of a serial entrepreneur. Uh, you've been listening, that's Aaron Schoenfeld. Uh, you've been listening to us on jmdm.org or nachumsegel.com. As always, we are proud to be sponsored by our friends at Adorama Camera, more than just a camera store. Please check them out online at adorama.com or visit them in person at 42 West 18th Street. Not only is it, is it great, to be able to have you on as a, as, you know, as sort of the, the, the a two and a half month summary of, of the life of entrepreneurship and the things that move forward, the things that take a step back, but even a, a different view in terms of making things happen, uh, packaging instead of juggling is the terminology I'm using. And I'm still not sure that's a good terminology, but it's what I'm using anyways. Um, but it, you know, you're also a great interview. You know, you 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 engage in and and the excitement and and I think that uh, as as I sort of began the show, the positivity I think is something that uh, that's important. This is like you said, maybe one out of ten, two out of ten of of, of the average startup company uh, makes it, um, and uh, and it can be challenging possibly to always have a both both a positive attitude and to, and to make the right connections and I think you've given us something else to think about today just just because the concept of focus we translate that into meaning on one company you're saying no focus on what you're excellent at and and you're able to apply those skills of excellence uh, across the board in, in companies that have uh, synchronic relationships with each other or, or, uh, uh, obvious syntheses that, uh, that they can benefit one from another. That doesn't mean that there aren't people out there focusing on those individual companies, um, with you, but, but that you're focusing on their strength and I'd have to imagine that they're focusing on their strength, which, uh, which is exciting. How do you find people out there, uh, who compliment you, uh, in that way or who enable you to be able to go ahead and be great at what you're great at and, and, 
and them to acknowledge that that might not always be 100% on their product or their company? Um, meet people. That's, uh, you know, I guess my, you know, as sort of you alluded to in the beginning of the show, my business is really people, um, meeting people. I'm, I'm a connector. That's really what I do. Um, I, I like to, you know, see two people, meet two people, and then figure out, you know, who they get connected to. Um, the best way to me is to sit down with a person over a cup of coffee and listen to their story. It's not about the company that they're working on now. It's about sort of where they were, how they got there, and what they're looking to do. You really just get a feel for people through talking to them and understanding their life story. Did they struggle to make it? Were they from a really wealthy family and decided they wanted to start their own business and not live on family money? Just little things like that. I mean, you just learn to read people after a while. And look, sometimes you, you meet people you think are good. They're not. Um, it happens, but you sort of, you know, I'm sure you know, when you structure deals with people, you do it in a way that it gives you a vetting period so that you're not locked in day one when these people are coming in as partners. You're, you're not married to them, but you have a chance to really feel out what they've done. And people, in, at least in New York, and I'm sure, you know, with places like Launch House and uh, around the country, these co-working spaces, you generally can get a feel of someone from talking to everyone about them. Um, the entrepreneurial community tends to be pretty small. So if you start asking around, you generally know someone that knows someone, and you know they're able to give you some feedback on that person as well. I, I think you highlighted something that I think is important to emphasize uh, once more. I think that uh, that people have a feeling that the world of entrepreneurship, certainly the startup stages of startups, um, everybody's buddy buddy, everything's done on a handshake, maybe a, a drink or you know a pat on the back or whatever else it would be. Uh, it certainly sounds from you. Uh, and this is advice that I could have used uh, more than one time in my life, uh, that that's not the right way <laughs> to form and formulate partnerships. Um, just just uh, tell tell our audience, tell me uh, a little bit more about uh, about making sure that uh, that uh, you have the right uh, uh, legal relationship or opportunities with with partners, employees to make sure that's in place as well. Oh, boy. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, I've learned the hard way as well. Um, you know, you create deals with people, you handshake, you try and scribble it on a napkin, and you know, a year from a year after that, you try and break it up, and it just doesn't work. Um, I would say, you know, as much as people say lawyers are like, you never want to deal with a lawyer, get a lawyer involved in, in a company right away. You want to hire people, you want to bring in interns. There are so many legal ramifications to everything that you do um, that it really it's essential to have someone that knows what they're doing or talking about involved. Um, you know, operating agreements, everyone thinks they can go on legal and Zoom, download it and write their own. There are a lot of things you really need to know to put in there to protect you and your company. There are so many st- lawyers that work with startups now where they'll come on and like general counsel services. There's, um, there's a site called Docracy where big firms upload legal documents that are approved by them that people can download so they're actually, you know, really close to where they need to be and then have even a family lawyer read it and just protect it. But lawyers are uh, your best friends. I mean, everyone knows this with Facebook Facebook and the Winklevoss twins, you know, suing him. Um, It happened with Pinterest. It happened with, well, anytime your company gets successful, other people are going to say we had a handshake deal with you or something like that. Get it on paper. That's the only way to protect yourself. If there's no evidence, you never know what will happen. Right. So, so, and I think that's an important lesson, especially in our community. Uh, you know, the, the majority of our audience knows what I mean when I when I describe it as our community. It's it's close knit. Uh, it, it's not only do you need to go to an incubator to find out more, but I'm saying you can find the person in synagogue or shul and and not only research them, but their great aunt twice removed. Um, and uh, and there's a there's a level of I don't know if confidence or 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 whatever the the, the right word would be there, but the uh, Hamishkeit, uh, that the, the lack of formality uh, that potentially could lead people to uh, whether it's successful or not successful. It's important to be able to get that stuff in writing to formalize those relationships to make sure that those expectations are are. Uh, 
you know, uh, well considered and, 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 and agreed upon mutually. And, and I think that, uh, that, uh, Aaron, you and I have shared a couple of laughs over, over ways that we wish we had uh, spoken about that uh, many years ago. And I think it's important for everybody else out there. Everybody thinks, and I thought this now twice, so full, you know, shame on me. Um, but everybody thinks that this doesn't happen to them. Everybody thinks that way. That, no, our relationship is different. Um, and uh, and no, in all likelihood, your relationship is not different. <laughs> so that's, I, I think, I think that's important to know. One of the big mistakes people make is going into business with friends. You've gone, you've grown up with the person, so that's where people really believe in handshakes. You're like, I've known this person for 22 years. He's been my best friend. And you know what? Businesses fall apart. It happens. That's that's just the reality. And when, when someone's parnas is on the line, you just don't know how someone's going to react. And more friendships have been lost over businesses than games. So, you know, by putting everything on paper, just having everyone's expectations out there and put down, you know, you're not hiding anything from anyone. That makes things a lot easier, you know, when things get tough. Interesting. Okay, good. Uh, and we have uh, very little time left. Is there another message or a concept or an idea that you'd like to share with our audience while we've got you on? I mean, you know, I, I'm talking about entrepreneurship and I love it. You know, my biggest thing is if you have a business and you have an idea and you want to do it, do it. Now's the time. I, you know, entrepreneurship's rebuilding America. It's never been easier to start a business. You know, I know people have different commitments, whether it's family, yeshiva bills, things like that. If you have an idea, there are people out there that will help you build your company, um, and it could be finding a partner that has more free time or has less commitment than you do, but go create it. That, that's really, you know, that's really the only way you'll ever know if it's going to work, and you never want to look back and say, yeah, I worked for this company for 50 years, and now they just laid off everyone. I should have started that company back then. Yeah, you know, there's uh, people that listen to this show. I'm sure are interested in entrepreneurship, and many of them have ideas. Yeah, you, know, you can contact me. I'm sure they can contact you or any other speaker uh, that's on this on the radio show. Um, that would love to help these people and guide them in the right direction. Just you know, we all want to see entrepreneurs succeed. You know, if every company succeeded, everyone would be very happy. So you know, feel free to reach out and you know, take that plunge. Okay. Well, we, we thank you again for your time. We know how busy you are. Uh, we hope that, uh, that being on our, uh, show, uh, helps you to continue to do what you do best, which is, which is to connect. I will. Uh, some people come on the show and, and, and offer, I don't want to say insincerely. I would never prejudge somebody in that direction, but, but I can tell you that we, we've been lucky. The last three, four guests that we've had, uh, have, have offered and the audience out there have reciprocated and reached out and contacted and connected and, and I don't know what'll happen with that, but that, that's a special, special thing. So I would encourage everybody to reach out to Aaron. A-R-O-N at AaronSchoenfeld.com and uh, any ideas, concepts, discussions that you want to have with him, he will, he will make time and he will, uh, he'll be there to, to help foster your idea or to help you share in one of his. And, uh, Aaron really from, uh, from all of us here on the Nachum Siegel Network, especially here on Tech Talk, I wanted to thank you again for your time. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me. Uh, have a great day and uh, and we look forward to hearing maybe in a couple months from now sort of how the, how the packaging is gone the funding has happened and maybe we'll take a couple things public that'll be fun let's do it live on the show okay oh that that would be fun actually <laughs> thank you Aaron have, have, have a wonderful day I appreciate it no problem you too Okay, wanted uh, to remind our audience out there that you're listening to Tech Talk on the Nachum Siegel Network. We had Aaron Schoenfeld on with us uh, for the majority of this hour. I am your host, Arye Lightstone. You can listen to us on jminthem.org or nachumsiegel.com. As always, we are proud to be sponsored by our friends at Adorama Camera, more than just a camera store. Please check them out online at adorama.com or visit them in person at 42 West 18th Street. Uh, really looking forward to some uh, future shows to hear now the cycle of some of, my, some of our entrepreneurs and, and where they've gone, some successes and some challenges, and, and to be able to sort of hear the full full circle. Want to conclude sort of the way we ended uh, with a with a somber note, recognizing uh, all of those who who made the ultimate sacrifice uh, for the state of Israel, uh, but for the Jewish people everywhere. 
and uh, and only in their merit, uh, with their sacrifice and their families, uh, who who today uh, officially commemorate um, the ultimate sacrifice, the greatest sacrifice. Uh, they should know that we here on specifically on Tech Talk in general, Nachum Siegel, and uh, I think in general, in general, the Jewish world uh, feels for them and, and has more than anything else tremendous appreciation uh, for the heroism uh, that uh, their sons and daughters uh, had. And, and, and we thank them and, and look forward to this evening. Please God, a, a, a special and meaningful Yom Ha'atzma'ut. Uh, so I wanted to wish everybody again a meaningful Yom HaZikaron and, and look forward to this evening a Yom Ha'atzma'ut where that is the bridge uh, that we try to focus on tech talk always relating to uh, the land of Israel and the tremendous contributions of the people of Israel. Thank you so much. Uh, speak to you next week. Be well.